Hello, this is Davey, host of the Nothing is Wasted podcast, and this is a special bonus episode that we are releasing to the public. This is uh, what we normally do every single month where we release a bonus episode um, for our Nothing is Wasted partners, where you get all access to all kinds of different content um, in order to help you live, learn, and lead through pain and better. And that's, that's the whole idea behind these bonus episodes is that we want to take what we're doing on a, on a regular basis on Thursdays where we're giving you all kinds of stories and, and people who have this, these, this, this faith journey where they're navigating valleys and navigating pain. And, and that's inspiring to you. But as we've been thinking about how do we help people move from inspiration to transformation? How do we give you feet to be able to journey through your valley and, and not just hear how others have journeyed through their valley? Um, we've come up with uh, putting some stuff behind this all-access monthly partner content, and these bonus episodes are one of those. There's all kinds of other uh, extra content that you can access if you go to nothingiswasted.com slash partners, but we wanted to, this month, release this one to everybody so you could get a little bit of a taste of how these episodes are hearing from guests that we've just heard of. This one particularly is Rebecca Bender. You just heard from her this past Thursday um, in episode 102, where we talked about her being a victim of sex trafficking. And now we want to take that and we want to kind of move it into the space of, okay, how, how do we how do we help resource you in this topic in terms of uh, human traffic, human trafficking and, and the larger conversation. And so we sit down with Rebecca and we ask her some of these questions and we begin to say, hey, how does the general public become more aware of this and what do we do? Um, help us put some feet to this. If, if there is someone who is, um, is, is, has found themselves in some kind of a situation that could be deemed as human trafficking or if you know of somebody who has or if you're kind of honestly unaware of it, but what are the signs that um, can begin to point to, oh, look out for these things, look out for these things. They may be indicators that someone you know is has become a victim of uh, human trafficking or even um, even on a smaller scale, just just abusive type relationships in that way. And so we sit down, we talk to Rebecca about this. It's, it's really incredible. But what I want you to hear from me is we would love for you to become a Nothing Is Wasted monthly partner. Um, for several reasons. One, we want to continue to equip you with more content to help you as you move through your valley. I don't believe that healing is done accidentally. I believe it has to be intentional. And honestly, I believe there has to be some kind of an investment into your healing if it really is going to take. And so um, we're we're trying to give you access to to so many great voices with so many great resources to help you as you're navigating your valley. Uh, so we're going to release this one as a bonus for free for everybody. And we've also done something to kind of help you put your feet in the water. We have now made it uh, our Nothing is Wasted partner page available for you to test things out to, to do a seven-day trial of the content. So um, I would love for you to sign up today. Go, it's like, stop what you're doing right now. Go to nothingiswasted.com slash partners and start your seven-day trial. Get your feet wet a little bit. See the content that's already back there. And we will continually be adding more and more content up there. And we've got some really exciting ideas for 2020 and moving beyond 2020 of some even more robust content that we're going to be putting back there. So before you listen to this conversation with Rebecca Bender, I want you to stop what you're doing. 
Go to nothingiswasted.com slash partners and begin making a $20 a month or more donation to Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. And I, I want to make that distinction, donation, because this is a tax-deductible donation, um, which is great because it benefits you in the sense that uh, it's charitable giving that you're able to count on your taxes. That's one of the benefits of us being a nonprofit. Um, but then you're also receiving access to all of this content. So it's kind of a, a double win in that those regards for you. And so we want to try to make this as beneficial as possible to you uh, for being a monthly partner. And so you can just, I mean, for the price of what, four lattes, um, you can go and, and access all of this content that we have up there right now and all the content that we're going to be continuing to put up uh, on this Nothing Is Wasted monthly partner page. And um, without any more delay, why don't we listen to this conversation that I have with Rebecca Bender. All right, we're back with Rebecca Bender. It is so great to have you. Thanks for agreeing to join us on a second conversation for our monthly partners. Uh, If you're a monthly partner, thank you so much for doing this. We want to provide you with some really helpful resourcing and content. And Rebecca's interview was just absolutely incredible. So Rebecca, man, what a great time that we had with you there. But I really want to just kind of like unlock the fire hydrant right now and let you just resource us with some, especially some of the stuff that you're doing right now. And so you work a lot with, um, the exploitation of, of people in general, but specifically in the lane of sex trafficking coming out of your story, coming out of the things that you learned and what you've learned since then out of some healing. What, what can we, as far as, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't know the, the lay people as far as like just citizens and we're kind of going about life. How do we, how, how do we identify and recognize um, red flags or, or signals that, that should alarm us to, wait a minute, this might be a situation of sex trafficking. Um, what, what are some ways that we can kind of be aware of that? Yeah, there's so there's definitely a lot of red flags that we can look for. Um, if you're looking for someone, if you have someone in your life that you think might be being exploited. And so we talk about a few things. So if it's a victim, we say we want to look if they're tired during the day because they've been being worked all night, if they have really expensive things, I mean, high-end name brand items that most 20-year-olds probably couldn't afford, Gucci, Fendi, Mm -hmm. all these different types of very high-end material things. Increasingly is talking about um, their dreams of we're. It's not just me anymore. Or I want to, but it's mm. everything becomes we in their life. And they're talking about maybe their their new boyfriend or their new best friend. Um, usually, it's someone that has a boyfriend at least five years older or more. So look for that um, just you know big gap in age. Uh, morals and values are being expanded. Any new tattoos? Most of the time, you know, when you when we work with law enforcement, you can tell different gang members by certain tattoos, right? And that's kind of a telltale sign Mm. when you're looking for identifying markers of gang affiliation for law enforcement. Well, similar goes on with trafficking. Tattoos are generally initials or names, a crown or a money sign. So if you have, you know, JD and there's a crown by the D, that's a red flag that it's some form of human trafficking. So initials, names, crowns, dollar signs, um, any reference to money is a big red flag make money, not friends. We've seen tattooed. Mm. Um, I've seen uh, daddy's money maker tattooed on a girl's neck before. I mean, that's a pretty obvious one, but you'd be surprised um, how they can play that off in, pe- in their friends and families in that circle. Multiple cell phones is a red flag. 
um, keeping eyes down while in public and any form of kind of seclusion and isolation. We do have some red flag brochures on our website, rebeccabender.org, so you can look through that. We also have a section of how to identify a trafficker, no actual job that somebody can visit, frequently making trips out of town, engages in the degrading or demoralizing type of culture, whether that's music or, or entertainment. Um, you know, anytime you get in a relationship with someone, your circles of friends should double. If you're in any kind of abusive relationship, especially with trafficking, there's a form of seclusion and isolation. And so your circles of friends get less and less. Mm. That should be a red flag for people. When we're talking to younger kids about human trafficking, we actually like to use um, a blog on our website that talks about how to use the movie Frozen to talk to your kids about trafficking. Mm. Sometimes the term trafficking can be really hard to explain yeah. to a five, six-year-old. But what we can do with younger children is we can talk about not everyone who pretends to be um, your friend is your friend. And it's mm. really important when we, I mean, look what Hans did to Anna. He pretended to be someone he was not. Yeah. He attempted to fast track a relationship. Um, she was forced to, she was pushed, you know, pressured to make decisions when she was mad or sad or stressed as mm. the, as the troll um, mom saying. So there's some things on there. Uh, on that blog that you can learn about in in regards to talking to younger kids about trafficking as well. Wow. Wow. Well, so if someone's found themselves in a situation where they recognize, okay, maybe it's not to the degree of, you know, human trafficking, obviously they're going to recognize that early, but they feel like I'm being pressured. I'm being taken advantage of. What would you say are ways, ways and steps uh, they, they can, um, you know, avoid that. They can get out of that. They can escape that you know, all of the above. Yeah. I mean, anytime, anytime that you have a person that's either in different circles of friends that they don't know, or might be concerning or, um, any form of, of intimate partner violence, whether that's, um, pressuring or dumb, you know, even just intimidation, let alone physical violence or assault, all of these spectrums are really concerning, um, for any parent, anyone who has someone that they love. And, and so I think, some of the things we talk about is learning how to be safe, learning to trust your gut when you're mm. feeling uncomfortable. I mean, I have a daughter off at college, right? And when right. when she was in high school and, and getting ready to go off to college, we talked to her about, you know, when you're in a situation, you go to a party, you think it's just going to be, a, a, you know, just a college party, getting to know people. And suddenly you see drug use happening or potentially someone being taken advantage of. It's time to leave. And even if it's if it's pretending to get a phone call and being like, oh my gosh, yeah, girl, I forgot to pick you up. I'll be right there. Sorry, I got an Uber. And then you have my your parents' Uber account mm. and you make sure they have a way to get out, access to get out, and that you've talked to them and you've allowed them to even maybe role play a little bit. Like, no, I want you to pretend to take a phone call right now and mm. pretend it's your friend. I don't care if I, I know it feels stupid, but I want you to have practiced it one time. And I think it's important to talk through some of those situations of how do I get out of here quickly and how how have we provided a potential resources for someone to get out of it quickly um, in an emergency. Yeah, that's so good. You know, you, you've kind of keyed in on a few of those things in, in regards to talking to your, your kids about this. Um, you've mentioned a couple of things. Are there, are there more? I'm curious, especially as a parent who is beginning to have conversations with my kids, um, maybe not yet to this degree, but we're going to begin to soon. How, how do you have conversations with your kids, kids about this? What are some things that you really want to try to empower them to do? Yeah, I think one thing that's really important, I get this a lot, is sometimes they'll say I work in human tra anti-human trafficking and someone will say, oh, I have sons. 
And I, mm. and I think, well, for one, this isn't a girl's issue. This isn't a woman's issue. The number one buyer of sex in the world is American mm. men. How are we raising up our little boys yeah. to be defenders and protectors of women? That's great. How are we raising up the next generation to not be completely desensitized to commercial sex, mm. to hypersexuality? I mean, I look at every commercial, any billboard, any local mall window, you know, dressing, right. and it's literally what be, used to be considered softcore porn when I was right. a little girl and I might run into a Playboy. Um, that is now our mainstream media. Right. And that is what every little boy and girl is having in front of their face without, without our, without our consent or without our even approval. Mm. And if we don't think that that's going to affect our children and the next generation, we are really deceiving ourselves. We, I know it's uncomfortable to talk to your kids about sex and, and healthy sexuality, but we have to figure out a way. I know it makes me uncomfortable. Mm. I don't like doing it with my kids either. But if they don't have someone they can talk to, they're going to learn it from culture. They're going to learn it from their mm -hmm. friend. And um, we have to start, especially as a church, we can think, oh, our kids are immune. Believe me, the church is not immune to pornography. The mm -hmm. church is not immune to, to hypersexuality. And in regards to trafficking, like traffickers don't care about your religion. If they see your kid in the mall or they, right, like they don't, right. they don't care. It doesn't stop them from right. approaching her. So I think it's just important to think of all of those issues of hypersexuality and, and what are we doing with the culture of demand yeah. as a whole, not just my child specifically, but how are we engaging our kids to be in a culture that's really sexualizing everything? Yeah. Is there a way that we can fight that battle on a macro scale or do you think, and this is more of an opinion from you, just curious about your thoughts. Do you think more are the role of our battle as Christians is fighting it more on, on our home front and empowering, empowering our kids to live in the world that's going to, that's going to, um, you know, already portray these messages that, de that desensitize us to sex. How do we, you know, we equip our kids to live in it, or is there a way that we can actually fight against that act happening in our culture? I know this is some of the work that you do. What are your thoughts on that? Where are our battlefronts? To what degree should we spend on each battlefront? You know, what percentage, yeah. what proportion, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think we all can do something. We all can play a role, whether it's, you know, in your home, in a circle of influence, in your in your job, your profession, your skill set. It's kind of that amount of degree of how much free time you have, how much you feel the Lord calling you um, into specific arenas. We have a, a resource and a tool on our website called the Find Your Lane Bundle. It's a mm. fun interactive quiz that you can take to kind of help you see um, nine different categories that you can fight exploitation. And I think when we hear the term human trafficking or even think about fighting hypersexuality, it feels so big. Like yeah, where would you right. even begin eating an elephant, right? right. And, and so this Find Your Lane bundle breaks human trafficking down into nine categories. And the quiz helps you to identify where kind of you might fit at or your skill set, your profession, your talent, and your circle of influence align. Um, but it's really about categories of prevention, mm. intervention, outreach, demand, res restoration, uh, shelter, awareness, or policy. And so those are kind of the areas that we break human trafficking up into. And, and we kind of give a very brief paragraph description about each of them. And I think if you go on there and you start reading, um, you'll, you'll feel a spark in your heart of like, yeah. well, maybe starting a safe home or working at a safe home isn't for me. But maybe when you read about 
the, the demand and culture for hypersexuality, there's going to be a tug at your heart of like, you know what, I, I could do that. I mm. could talk to my kids about this. And at least if every dad and mom started talking to their sons about that, the demand right. would, would decrease. And so I think it can start as little or as small as you feel called and led. Oh, that's so great. That's that's brilliant. That just being able to, I mean, for what you guys are doing and in providing these lanes for people, these options for people, hey, here's how you can get involved. It kind of gives teeth to this, you know, this thing rising up inside of me and rising up uh, inside of other people that are listening to you and going, how can I, how can I fight this? How can I fight this injustice? And you're providing those resources right on the website. That's awesome. And and every lane at the end of each lane, it has even more resources. So, you know, talking about fighting cultural, cultural demand, we have um, moral revolution has a lot of resources on um, healthy sexuality and, um, fight the new drug has a lot of new statistics and stuff about how pornography is fueling this. And so every single lane we've listed four or five other nonprofits mm. and other um, groups that are out there that have found their lane and, and can provide a ton of resources for you if that's something you're interested in. So it's not just us. We just want to help you break right. it into nine chunks. Once you find your chunk or your lane, then there's even more resources that are specific to that lane. So yeah, wow. go check out the bundle. That's great. Rebecca, what can we do in regards to if we were to notice something, identify something as being possibly, you know, an, an instance of sex trafficking, an instance of exploitation, what, what's the next step that I can take? What can I do? Yeah, if you see something that you think is suspicious or you suspect is some form of human trafficking, we would encourage you to do two things. One, never approach a situation. You don't know how mm. dangerous it could be, the amount of brainwashing that goes into victims. There's not going to be one thing you can say that's going to suddenly remove the brainwash. I know that's what people really want to hear. What's the one thing we can say? I would. What I would encourage people do is to either take out your phone and text yourself as much information as you can possibly remember because you think you're going to remember it in that moment mm. um, when the when you end up wanting to call a hotline and report it, but you won't. So text height, weight, hair color, shirt, what vehicle they got in, maybe a state license plate, the color of the vehicle, make, model, T put down anything that you possibly can, and then please report it to the human trafficking hotline. And that hotline number, you can just Google human trafficking hotline, but for anyone listening, it's 888-3737-888. So it's kind of easy to sandwich in yeah. there. Um, what's great about the hotline is it might feel like this isn't very much information, but you have no clue if this person has been a missing person, if they've been taken all over the country, if this is that one extra little clue that the local law enforcement that the hotline already knows about, and it might be a case that's already on their radar. It's that one little smoking gun that's helping provide exactly what law enforcement needs to finally yeah. jump in and, and help that person escape. So see something, say something, write the information down as quick as you can and report it to the hotline and nothing, nothing like, don't be embarrassed. Say, oh, I don't really know if it's no big deal. That's okay. If it's not mm. any big deal, they can throw it away, <laughs> but yeah. you're not going to know unless you at least just see something, say something, even as small as you think it might be. We want as many tips as we can coming in. Mm, that's so great. All right. I'm going to ask one more question and this is going to be a complete right turn, but in reference back to our previous conversation in the regular episode, um, I, I'm just curious if you would have any advice as to anybody trying to find healing from trauma, whatever the degree of trauma, what would you say, Hey, he, th these are the steps that you need to take, you know, based on your 10 plus years of this journey of healing for yourself. If you were to boil it all down say, here's what you need to do. Here's the steps you need to take. 
kind of give us a, a path in some ways? Man, I think if, I mean, the one thing I could say is get involved in your local church. And I know that sounds really simple, but start going to the Bible studies, start going to the groups they offer, join that mom's prayer group at 6 a.m., join that guys, by whatever it is that they're offering, get involved and do it because the healing is a journey. It takes a long time and the Holy Spirit really wants to come alongside you on that journey but you have to get to know the voice of the Lord if you're going to recognize him when he's talking yeah. to you, when he's wanting to um, fill you with his Holy Spirit and fill you with the word of God. That means you actually have to spend time doing it. You have right. to spend time in your word and you have to spend time in prayer. It means waking up an hour early if you have to and putting on worship music and literally getting on your knees and crying out to the creator mm. of the universe to meet you where you're at. Like put some work into your healing get involved with your church and and get, get in your word and get into prayer and, and be patient with yourself. Right. Like yeah. I remember, you know, thinking of my kids and when they would start walking at one years old, if they would take a couple steps and fall mm-hmm. down, I'm not sitting there like, Oh, you idiot. One year old, why can't you walk? You know? Right. Uh, no, I'm clapping. I'm cheering them on. I'm pulling out the camera to capture that moment. And I promise like God's doing that with you. Mm. He's not saying, why aren't you getting this yet? Don't you know you've been on this trauma journey a year? Why aren't you getting it right? Mm. He's not doing that. Every time you fall down, he is cheering you on. Mm. He is telling you, good job, my faithful servant whom I'm well pleased. He's taking out his camera. He's capturing these moments with you. He is a good father and he is really cheering you on through the journey. Like don't beat yourself up as you try to take some new steps and you fumble no one's beating you up but yourself. Like, don't listen to it. Keep going. Um, you'll get there. That's great. You'll get there. That's great. Rebecca, thank you again so much for spending time with us. Thank you for agreeing to do some extra time and um, just really, really excited for the work that you're doing. I know God's going to have a, tr- he's going to have a tremendous impact through you and uh, your willingness to step into all of this. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been fun to share with everyone listening. 